First uh, Kings. We're going to look at First Kings chapter number 17. And then we will also look at the book of Leviticus chapter number 6 and verse number 13. And I appreciate you praying for Sister Wilson. She would be here. She's been struggling with sickness today. I believe God's going to touch her. And there is a healing power that is available for everyone that is here today. Hallelujah. ¿Cuántos están contentos estar en la casa del Señor en esta noche? Amén. Digan amén. How many is happy to be here tonight? Praise the Lord. The book of 1 Kings chapter number 17 and verse number 24. Elijah told the false prophets. He said, call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people said, it is well uh, spoken. He's, and all the people said, it is well spoken. And uh, let's skip some verses here. We don't need to read the whole passage. Uh, verse number 34, the Bible tells us in between that the false prophets, the 450 uh, prophets of Baal, offered a sacrifice, and they sang, they cried, they did all kinds of things for several hours, but they, uh, they did not receive any answer from heaven because Elijah had challenged the people to, uh, to look for fire coming down from heaven as God's answer. And so the scripture says that we're not going to read this, but if you look here in verses 30, through 33, Elijah simply had the people come close to him. He repaired the stones uh, that would make up the altar. He very carefully uh, followed the instructions of sacrifice, and he slew the uh, he slew the uh, the sacrifice. Before that, he covered the altar with 12 barrels of water, and then he prayed a very short prayer. And notice uh, verse number 34. He said, uh, "Do it the second time." Well, let's go down here. Uh, verse number 36, it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah, the prophet, came near and said, this is verse 36, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Verse number 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal and not one of, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. What a powerful witness that came that day to show all of the unbelievers that there was indeed a God in heaven. And the sign was something that nobody could do on earth. And that was fire came down from heaven. There still is a sign today that no church can duplicate, that no magician, that no professionalism can duplicate. No uh, millions, or uh, I should say now, $10, $20 million church uh, can, can prove that God is there just because of the value of the building. Uh, the, the smoothest preacher cannot prove that God is with them. There's still a sign that comes down from heaven, and that is the sign of the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said when the Holy Ghost came, they were baptized, and they, there appeared in them cloven tongues like as of fire. And so we want that in the church. Notice the book of Leviticus, chapter number 6. And this had to do with the fire that would be ignited or put upon the altar. And in verse number 13, 12, let's read verse number 12. The fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat and the peace offerings. Verse 13, the fire shall ever be burning. Everyone say ever be burning, ever be burning. upon the altar. It shall never go out. Everyone say it shall never go out. And I'm going to title this reviving the fire. Amen. But uh, we could also 
uh, use another title and say the sacrifice and the fire. Uh, so we'll just title it uh, the fire uh, or reviving the fire, reviving the fire. That's fine for right now. But I'm going to be actually emphasizing, Lord willing, two aspects here as the Holy Ghost allows me. And that is us maintaining and preparing our fire, but also how to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So let's pray together. The Lord would help us. Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us tonight. God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would help us, God, to be baptized in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. And everyone said amen. You can be seated. In the Bible, there are several uh, types or things that the Bible describes as being like the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is like these things. Of course, the Holy Ghost is typified. It is likened to living water, not just inert water, but living water. We talked about it a little bit last night, but this water is alive. It has spiritual life. And so when it comes into the heart of an individual, that individual becomes spiritually alive. They are born again. So the Holy Ghost is like living water. The Holy Ghost is a comforter. It soothes. The Holy Ghost is like oil. In that it soothes. The Holy Ghost uh, uh, is, uh, is many things, but in the scriptures, one of the main typologies is the Holy Ghost is like fire. Many things in the Bible describe the different works of the fire of the Holy Ghost. The book of Malachi was reading uh, recently, the book of Malachi, and let's go ahead and turn there, and uh, uh, we'll kind of just lay a, found, lay a foundation here. The book of Malachi chapter number 3 And uh, verse number two, who may abide the day of his coming and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 29 says, our God is a consumer. Consuming fire. And so one of the things that the fire of the Holy Ghost does, that, that the Holy Ghost does, that it's like fire, it purifies. Uh, just like nowadays, some of the meatpacking companies, I'm not sure if they do this here in Kansas, but some of them, as, as the meat is rolling out, as it's already been cut up and so on, uh, they will actually pass it through a place where this, it's bombarded with microwaves. And what that does, I believe it's microwaves, but it's these waves are the, uh, the desire is is to kill any microbes that may be uh, that could grow and of course be a cause of infection and so we know that fire kills uh, uh, the discovery was made several hundred years ago that uh, instruments that were used in surgery if they would pass them over a burning fire that it could kill all of the microbes that could eventually uh, enter into the wound or you know the open wound that they were sowing and it would anyway it would purify and so fire can be a purifier the scripture said that our faith, uh, that our faith can be purified by fire, though it be tried by fire. And so the Lord, uh, one of the aspects of the Holy Ghost is it purifies. The Lord is a consuming fire. I'll just go through this. I don't feel right now to spend a lot of time on this, but the fire uh, draws people. There is a drawing to the fire. There, the fire gives light, illumination. And in the scripture, uh, Jesus is the light and so on. But the fire brings light to a church. The fire Uh, illuminates. The fire brings warmth. And so there is a drawing power of the warmth of the Holy Ghost. A church that doesn't have the Holy Ghost really uh, spiritually, and and I'm not saying this to be critical, but a church that doesn't have the Holy Ghost doesn't have the spiritual warmth, the draw that you feel comfortable. You feel like the presence of God is there. You have a source of energy that is outside of human beings. It doesn't come from human beings. You don't have to depend on the ups and downs of society and wars and and all of these things but there is something that is drawing and so the fire has warmth the fire obviously is a source of energy and energy is is what the church is operated by the church has a fuel the church has a motor so to speak and it is not uh, it's not the machinations of men it's not the designs of men necessarily but the church was anointed on the day of pentecost with fire from heaven 
It was that fire that changed Peter. It was that fire that changed the apostles and gave them an anointing. It gave them direction. It gave them divine power. Hallelujah. The scripture even says that. And this is another area where the fire uh, is typified. The Bible said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so the fire provides the mechanism. It, it provides the power that we need to do the work of God. Many of us here, many of us here don't realize that we depend on fire for many, many things to heat our home in the winter, obviously. But we also use fire uh, in our transportation in the middle of that engine, that motor, unless you're driving a, uh, anybody here has a Tesla? Raise your hand if you got a Tesla. Well, it still has. Oh, you got a Tesla? All right. Oh, you want a Tesla? Hope you get one. Hope you get one. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind one too, but uh, they don't make them to pull trailers yet. In the middle of that combustion engine, there is a fire. And uh, whether it's a four-cylinder, some of the three cylinders now, but three, four, six, eight, twelve-cylinder, if you've got a Ferrari, uh, it's got a, a little fire that in every cylinder, every time that uh, that, uh, uh, that, that uh, what is it, rod goes up, anytime the, the, oh, I'm missing it, the piston goes up to a certain uh, area, there is a fire. And so that's why that, uh, that fire pro provides the energy. It provides the combustion of that fuel and drives the pistons up and down. But you, you don't just go and touch the engine after it's been running for a while. It's hot. And so there is a fire. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me tell you, when this fire begins to burn in your heart, you're going to do something. You're going to speak in tongues. You're going to worship. You're going to pray. You're going to have something inside of you. Jeremiah said, it was like fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't be quiet. I couldn't stop. I had fire inside of me. When you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got power from on high. It ought to make you want to do something. It ought to make you want to shout. It ought to make you want to worship. It ought to give you the power to be what God wants you to be. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord together today. Hallelujah. The fire, the fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, I indeed have baptized you with water, but there cometh one after me who's mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. He it is that shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This Holy Ghost is something that comes from heaven. It's not, again, it's not uh, the fuel of intellectualism. It's not the fuel of, 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 of the universities. It's not even just based on religion. It's based on the power of God. It's based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's based on his victory over death, hell, and the grave. It's based on his, based on his deity, that he is not only God, so he's not only a man, but he's God manifest in the flesh Jesus Christ in his glorified state the Bible says that we see a, a picture of him uh, in the book of Revelation chapter number one and John sees him and his eyes are like flames of fire his feet are like burning brass. Ezekiel's vision of the Lord was high. Uh, he was high, or Isaiah said he saw him high and lifted up. But Ezekiel actually saw him in the midst of a uh, kind of hard to understand, but four wheels in the middle of wheels and these angels that were holding up the throne of God. If you read it very carefully, that the Lord dwells, he sits in the midst of a great fire. The scripture said the Lord inhabits the light which no man can approach unto. He is the center of all that is holy. He He's the center of all that is beautiful. He's the center of all power. He's the center of everything that can change mankind. Hallelujah. We know that even the um, many, or if not all of the atoms, and, and, uh, and I'm not really an expert on this, uh, but we know that the atoms are formed by protons. And please don't go to sleep on me when I say this, but protons.
protons and neutrons and electrons. And then now, you know, they have proteinos and, and so neutrinos. And then they say there are subatomic particles that are much smaller than that. But it's all based on energy. It's all based on the fact that God spoke and said, let there be light. And God began to speak the very power of God's word. Hey, God is a God of power. And somehow in all of that, the Holy Ghost is like fire. Amen. When you break apart those atoms, there's fire that is released. And maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But you and I need to keep the fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus told his disciples, we, uh, we mentioned it in the book of uh, Acts chapter number one, uh, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But the actual same scripture of the same, probably the same uh, time was also uh, recorded in the book of Luke chapter number 24, where he said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Many of you know that the word power in the Greek is from the Greek word dynamo or like dynamite. There is an active ingredient in in, in dynamite, that when it is ignited, it creates an explosion that uh, that can produce. Well, it can destroy, but it can also it can also be very useful in moving mountains and 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 moving things that are difficult to get out of the way. But he said, "You're not ready. I don't want you to go." And I want to establish this point uh, that the church is not ready. It has never been the will of God for people to try to be Christians without the power of the Holy Ghost. The Lord had already been with his disciples, many of them for three years. They had seen miracles. They had heard the very best of Bible teaching, and yet they were not ready. Just like Moses wasn't ready after he had been to the mount five times, he knew more than anybody else about God's ordinances and God's government and God's organization, but that wasn't enough. In the time when he saw the children of Israel erring because they couldn't see God and they didn't understand the things of God. Moses said, Lord, I've got to see your glory. And the Bible said when Moses was in the presence of God, that his face began to shine. I'm going to tell you, after that moment, Moses was ready. Moses was empowered. Moses was more effective after he had been saturated with the glory of God. The Bible said the glory of God is revealed to us through the face of Jesus Christ. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed by the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When you and I get a glorious baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you and I get the fire of the Holy Ghost, we are empowered. We are given the power we need. The Bible said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. There can be something driving inside of your spirit that comes from heaven. It's the fire of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's all lift our hands and praise the Lord together today. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power of the Holy Ghost comes on those that have a seeking heart. You can have the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Receiving the Holy Ghost is not something that I can do for you. It's not something that someone else can just give you the Holy Ghost. But you can receive the Holy Ghost if you will offer the proper sacrifice. I'm going to go there, I hope, in a few moments, but I still want to talk about this, this power. Let me say that if you're not praying, then you don't have power. If it's been a long time, i got, I got to say this. If it's been a long time since you spoke in tongues, the fire is not burning in your heart. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the Lord spoke. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, you need to make sure that you revive the fire. He said, uh, uh, he said uh, stir up the gift which is in you by the laying on of my hands. Many translations. In Spanish, it says, que avivas el fuego, que vino por la imposición de mis manos. It says, you got to revive that fire that came when I prayed and the Holy Ghost came on you. Hey, it's not anybody else's responsibility to keep the fire burning. It's your responsibility. You've got to put in new wood. You've got to put some wind on that fire. You've got to put some worship. You've got to put some sacrifice. Every day they went, they made sure the fire was burning because the fire is 
is essential in Holy Ghost worship. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the only way you're going to worship God is with a fire that will ignite your praise, a fire that will lift your devotion to heaven. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord together today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, this Holy Ghost, this Holy Ghost power. The Bible said these that changed the world are come hither also. How did they change the world? There was a fire, a fire, a fire that was burning. You know how to win souls. You can be seated. You know how we all can do better in winning souls. Be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire naturally starts other fires. If the fire is hot enough, if the fire is intense enough, it'll catch something that's next to it. Hallelujah. When people can feel the power of God when they can sense the power of God's love, when they can feel that power concentration of the Holy Ghost and righteousness, they know something is inside of you. When they see the radiance, when they feel the warmth, when they see the purifying power, when they see how God has changed you since you got the Holy Ghost, this fire will make a difference in our lives. It'll make a difference in those around us. We've got to have the fire burning in our lives if we're gonna be used of God in reaching the world. Oh, let's love the Lord together today. Hallelujah. Oh, the fire shall ever be burning. The fire's got to be burning. The fire's got to be burning. Hallelujah. Many of you know, you that have studied history, you know that the old locomotives, that they were run by, uh, by, by coal and by wood. In fact, at, at certain intervals, every certain number of miles, they had places where they had coaling stations. And before that, there were stations where there was wood and water. The steam boilers were powered or they were, they were heated up by fire. And they had men that were called tenders. In some places they called them stokers. In other places they called them firemen. These men were responsible for keeping the fire burning. The steamships that traveled back and forth across the Atlantic and the Pacific, they had men, a group of men that were that were in charge. And even today, many of the ships, the nuclear-powered ships, have men that watch the temperature. They watch the rods. They make sure there's, there's, there's fire. They make sure that the heat is just right. Hey, you know, we've got to make sure also that in our family there's some prayer there's a reason why that we tell our kids we need to pray there's a reason why that we say hey we're going to church no matter what hey you may be going through a hard time but the fire is going to get you through there's no power outside of this fire there's no desire to pray outside of the desire of the Holy Ghost there's no illumination of the word outside of the desire of the Holy Ghost there's no changing of our spirits there's no transformation outside of an intense fire hey if you want your attitude changed maybe you need a little more fire in your heart hallelujah trying not to jump around here i'm talking about taking care of the fire we make ore into gold we make ore raw you know crushed ore uh into copper and, uh, and uh, not steel, but let me see, tin and iron make steel. But anyway, it has to go through the fire. It has to pass through the fire. Some of you, I mean, we all know this, that we take ingredients and we, 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 we mix them up and we put the dough into the oven. And the oven adds energy that's exterior, but it puts the energy into that dough. And the dough begins to make bonds and there begins to be bubbles and so on. But anyway, it becomes a cake. It becomes a tortilla. It becomes something that is now a different texture. It's stronger. It has a different, it's something desirable. It's cleaner. Why? Because you put exterior energy into the mix. And now you have a transformation. We've got to have a transformation in our lives. The fire of the Holy Holy Ghost is able to give us the inner strength to confess our sins. It's able to give us the inner strength to forgive others when we were so hurting before. We were hurt and we were weak and we could not bring ourselves to say sorry. We couldn't bring ourselves to get along with others. But now something is burning inside. Something is giving you power. It's encouraging you. It's filling you with the love of God. But also it can change your heart. Having that fire burning inside of you can make you a brand new person. 
Hallelujah. It can make you a strong person. Peter was weak until he got the fire of the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of folks here that you couldn't tell what we used to be. Such were some of you. But God gave us the fire of the Holy Ghost. He cleansed that which was evil. He made us into new creatures. He put a fire in our spirit. He put energy in our steps. God lifted us up through the fire. The power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord together today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The Bible says that the children of Israel, to make this clear, the children of Israel uh, were uh, instructed to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. How many remembers this story, the tabernacle in the wilderness? And the tabernacle had... You know, the altar of brass, the brazen altar, which was where they offered their sacrifices. They made peace with God. They became at one with God. And uh, that fire, it was very important that the fire that was on the altar was the only fire that they could use inside of the tabernacle. There could be no, un fuego extraño para decir. There could not be a fire that came from somewhere else than the altar of sacrifice. There could not be some fire that came off of somebody's stove or somebody brings in a strange fire because there's something about the altar of sacrifice. It is at the altar of sacrifice in many places where God sent fire down from heaven. And God was saying, I'm initiating all of this. I, I am the one that this is all about. I'm going to give the fire. I'm going to give the divine part of this. I'm going to give the divine energy. I'm going to give that which is miraculous. It's going to come from me. And nothing inside of this operation is going to come from outside of the altar of sacrifice. It was at the sacrifice. And I'm getting there. The only way to get the fire in your life is to offer a sacrifice acceptable unto God. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12. Well, I'm going to get there in a minute. Somebody remind me, Brother Ethan, remind me Romans chapter 12, where it says, I beseech you, but well, we'll get there in a moment. But going back to the children of Israel, many of you remember, if you've been through the Search for Truth Bible study or exploring God's word, or you have just studied it out on your own, you've seen the diagrams, there was the brazen altar, and then there was the brazen laver, and then they would go into the holy of the holy place the first uh, section of the tabernacle and there they had the lamp uh, the lamp stand and the lamp was always to be burning and that light that fire came off of the altar and then there was the table of shoe bread and and of course you know fresh bread and uh it's kind of like what we talked about yesterday and thank god for a fresh word thank god for a living word thank god for a word that sprinkled with myrrh hallelujah things that preserve things that are costly things that are sacred there's no food like apostolic preaching it's fresh it's anointed it preserves it's sacred it's more valuable than any other food that you can have but the bible said there was also another altar the altar of incense and they put a sacred oil or a sacred fragrance what am i looking for what's the ungento como decimos en español what's the word in english a sacred oil that was there a perfume there you are a perfume and that perfume went from a liquid state it went from something that men created and it became a cloud. It became an atmosphere. It became a cloud. It became something that went up and began to saturate and go beyond the veil because there was a fire. The fire had to come off of the altar. The Bible says, confess yourselves one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And then it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer in other languages, and in the Greek, it actually says the burning prayer. You see, there's something about a prayer that has a fire, a burning prayer, an effectual, fervent prayer, that it ascends up into heaven. There's something about praying in the Spirit. There's something about praying in the Holy Ghost. There's something about this fire that makes our worship ascend up into heaven. The book of Revelation says that the angels open up these vials, and these vials contain the prayers of the saints. In the book of Acts, an angel says, your prayers are come up as a memorial to God. Dead, dull prayers don't ascend necessarily up in the eye. Now let me say, I know that a person that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, God can hear their prayer, obviously. 
But I'm talking about not only our prayers, but our, but our prayers of worship, our offerings, the things which change us. And let me just say that when you start praying and in the spirit, Paul said, I'm going to pray with understanding, but I'm not going to not, I'm not going to stop praying in the spirit because there's something that happens in the spiritual realm. When I let my prayers and the groanings and the utterings of my heart, when I get the, when the Holy Ghost prays through me and that fire, that fervent prayer, that fire of the Holy Ghost, it creates a miracle things begin to ascend up into heaven I'll leave that in a moment I'll leave that, but let me say, oh, we need praying in the Holy Ghost. Our fire is, our fire starts when we repent. You know how, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that's okay right now. You know how to get a renewing of the Holy Ghost? The Bible tells us, hallelujah, the sacrifices of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, that will not despise a broken heart. A submitted heart is like a magnet to the presence of God. The Bible said that when Elijah, here we going toward the end when Elijah offered an acceptable sacrifice that God sent fire down from heaven Romans 12 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm thinking of another scripture that said, though outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. But there's one that talks about it's renewed in the spirit. There's something about the spirit and, and, and giving God a sacrifice. Hallelujah. The scripture says in the book of uh, 1 Peter that we are uh, like a holy priesthood and we offer acceptable uh, ex- offerings acceptable unto God by Jesus Christ. That it's the job of the church to offer acceptable sacrifices. God told, Eli- God told the false prophets or Elijah told the false prophets, you offer. We'll find out if God's with you or us. We'll find out who's the real God. You offer your sacrifices. Do it however you want to, and I'll offer mine. He knew inside that God was with them. They had a history of the miraculous. This started a hundred or thousand, maybe a thousand years earlier with the calling of, of, of Abraham. All of the miracles that went with the God of Israel. All of the prophecies. He knew about that. He knew exactly how to bring, in his own life, he'd already experienced the miraculous. He knew how to bring the presence of God. He knew how God would send down the fire from heaven. They did their thing. They danced and they shouted. And let me throw this out here. I've got scripture for this. I don't think we have, maybe not take time to go into this. But God is not obligated to receive any kind of sacrifice. He's not obligated. You can dance. You can run in here and act like everything is okay and we're not going to be checking out. We're not going to be, we're not going to be, you know, judging. But you can just come. And, but if your heart is not right with God, if you're, not, if you're playing games with God, maybe that's the better we should say. If you're really not sincere, God is not obligated just to bless you. Well, maybe we should look at it here. The book of Isaiah chapter number one. The Lord said, I am tired. He said, I'm tired. Now, we can go through, that's like five, there's at least five different references, uh, probably more than that, but Isaiah chapter number one. And that is references to the fact that God is not obligated to receive every kind of sacrifice. And uh, we're talking, we have talked about maintaining the fire, and now we're talking about how to get the Holy Ghost. We still got some time here. Hallelujah. And so uh, the scripture says, Isaiah chapter number one. He says in verse number 11, to what is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of burnt offerings of rams, the fat of fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks, lambs, or goats. When you come and appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread mine, my courts? Now, specifically, the children of Israel, they were going through the motions, and they were not living for God. They were not really serving, serving God. And the Lord says here, he said, I'm weary with your, uh, he said, when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes. This is verse 15. When you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And then he says, wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes and cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless and plead for the widow. And then he continues there. We're not going to read that. The book of Jeremiah, chapter number 6, I believe. 
I don't have these on my notes right now, but I, well, I might have them actually down here. But the book of Jeremiah, chapter number six, uh, speaks of the Lord not being obligated to receive uh, the offering. Yes, chapter six, verse number 20, to what cometh the, their uh, incense from Sheba and sweet cane from a far country. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Everybody say not acceptable. Nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. So the Lord said, I am not obligated to just take any sacrifice. And saints of God, this should not scare us. This is not to condemn us. Our obligation as saints. And sometimes, you know, we say, well, the greatest part of the service is about to come. And preaching is so important. But you have an obligation too. Or that is you have a responsibility. You are bringing a sacrifice every time you come to the house of God. And it's, it's, it's really important. Now, you know, if you're not able to be here on time, God understands. Uh, this is not something that we do by coercion, of course. But it's so important that we learn to, to cleanse our hearts before we come into the presence of God. Prayer is where we examine ourselves, and prayer is where we seek after God. We tune our minds to the things of God. Why? Because if there's not this, this prerequisite, if there's not a washing, if there's not a brokenness, then it's more difficult, sometimes almost impossible, to bring the power of the Holy Ghost. It's like a sacrifice that is full of, of things that are toxic. It's like, it's like giving things that won't really burn. They won't attract the presence of God. And I know that we're very rarely in that place. This is a, a praying church. And, uh, and, and, but I, so many times the, the, the majority or some people, a certain group of people, are the ones that really carry the burden and, and they carry the momentum of keeping the presence of God moving. Because sometimes people aren't as responsible as they should be about giving an acceptable offering. Again, the way to make sure that your offering is acceptable, one of the best things you can do is pray until you can cry. Pray until you can say, not my will, but thy will be done. Pray, pray, pray until you can give him that offering that is acceptable to the Lord. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord together today. Hallelujah. Well, briefly, we're taking some time tonight to go over some of these scriptures to clarify that God is not obligated to send the fire. If the sacrifice is not acceptable, the whole contrast in the story of the false prophets and Elijah was that one of them was giving something acceptable and the other was not. And though they had for hours, they went through the motions. There's no church service that had more emotion and action and, and sensationalism as they did. They even cut themselves. But Elijah simply approached the altar and repaired the altar of the Lord. A lot of things we can say about that. We don't have time. But he did it exactly like the scripture had said. And God sent the fire. Amos chapter number 5 and verse number 20. I hate. This is the Lord speaking. I despise your feast days. I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the, the noise of thy songs. I will not hear the melody of thy vials. I, I have to be careful here today. Because so much of the church world, even among, I, I don't know if you want to say Pentecostals, but people that are supposed to be spirit-filled. They, they have a certain kind of worship, come as you are. And we, we accept people, but come as you are has two sides to it. Yes, people are welcome. But is that really what God wants? Does God want us to come and give him something? Does God want us to come and present ourselves a living sacrifice? Or is God willing to say, I accept no matter how you are. I accept you if you, if you, are, if you are immoral. I accept you if you are, are staying in, in, in your sins. I, I will accept you if you, are, if you are filling your mind with the, the terrible things of this world. Is that really God's attitude? This place is a special place. 
This is not just a school. This is not a school. This is not a university. This is the house of God. This is the house of prayer. This is a holy place. And the fire, the thing that makes this different is the fire. The illumination comes from the fire. The the sacred smell comes from the fire. The acceptable sacrifice, it comes from the fire. And this place, this place is what it is because of the carefulness and the obedience of people who are willing to humble themselves and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Even though you sing, and I was going to mention this, that, that there's, there's a difference, folks. I hope you know this. There's a difference between songs that, 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 that you know, that the Lord said, I won't accept your songs. There are some songs, there's some forms of worship that are so superficial. There's no depth to them. And uh, this is not the place. This is not the platform. But it grieves my spirit. When we adopt so many of those things, they don't have the same depth of conversion that we do. They don't have the same the depth of understanding of who God is uh, that we do. They have not been brought out of the world. Many of them are still really completely involved in the world. But God has brought us out. Should not we have a different way to worship? And does how we worship affect the fire from heaven? It has to. Because God said, if you're not doing what's right, I'm not even going to take your songs. Oh, well, that's a good song. It may sound good, but does it bring the power of God? Hallelujah. And he continues, I'm going to let you, if you want to read that sometime. The book of Malachi, chapter number one, speaks of uh, them giving offerings. We're not going to go there. But there, there were principles of sacrifice. I've got time, so I guess I'll, uh, maybe, I think I have time, but I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. Principles of sacrifice. Well, I, I don't feel to go too much in it, but they had to be clean. They had to be the best. It couldn't be a deer. It couldn't be free. You couldn't offer a fish. It had to cost you something. David said, I will not offer that which cost me nothing. The, the, the priest could never go and offer unless they had washed their hands. The Bible said they got to wash before they offer lest they die. And so it had to be the best. It had to be something that cost you. It had to be, uh, it had to be something that was pure. And there had to be preparation on the heart of the, 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 the one who was offering to be to be blessed. And those are just some of the principles of sacrifice. And when it was done right, the fire came down from heaven. Uh, Our musicians can start coming now. And so the scripture said that fire came down from heaven. This thing about fire coming down from heaven happened at least four times in the Bible. We talked about, we talked about the preparation of the tabernacle and, uh, and uh, don't worry if you think this is boring. I don't always preach this way. Probably sometimes it's more boring. Hallelujah. <laughs> but hopefully it's not. Amen. Sometimes I'm totally fiery and all that stuff. But anyway, don't just, uh, uh, just hold on. Hallelujah. We've got more services at the Lord tarries. But the Bible says in the book of Leviticus, chapter number 9, that after the tabernacle was fully, everything was done right. The Bible said they offered sacrifice and fire came down from heaven. Then later when Solomon built the the temple in Jerusalem, what happened? Do you remember there was some, it was bigger dimensions. It was more glorious. $200 billion worth of gold. Hundreds of millions of dollars worth of silver. Everything according to the pattern. But when the priests went about their, 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 their duties and they offered the sacrifice, what happened? The Bible said, and I don't know if this happened at the same time. I think it did. The glory of the Lord filled the, the temple and they had to come out and fire. Specifically, I believe it's the book of Second Chronicles chapter number 7, where the fire came down from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice. Some people don't know, and you could pass over this, but when David offered the sacrifice, remember when there, there was a plague and, and David had sinned by numbering Israel, there was a plague, and David went to the threshing floor of Ornan the, Jeju, the Jebusite, and that's where he, he offered sacrifice. But some people don't see. I, I, I didn't catch it for a while. But the Bible says in one of the passages, because it's described two times, but in one of them it says, fire came down from heaven. And that's why David actually decided that that was the place where the temple would later be built by Solomon. But in our text, we're, we're describing here how that Elijah was able to prove to the, children, to the children of Israel, this is the true God. Let me say before we, before we conclude tonight, that when the fire came down from heaven, and even though they, had, they, even though they poured 12 barrels of water on the sacrifice, 
You see, cleansing, vale la pena. It's, it's worth the effort. It's worth baptism. It's worth fully repenting. Some people say, oh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna make them you know, go away. You're going to scare them away by, by preaching repentance, by preaching consecration, by preaching dedication. Now, I know we can not use wisdom as far as preaching holiness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about devotion and giving your best to God. Elijah said, put four barrels on that sacrifice. And they did it. And they're probably thinking, how is this thing going to ever light on fire? He said, put four more barrels on that sacrifice. And they said, wow, he's really going over. Put four more barrels on that sacrifice, one barrel for each of the tribes of Israel. Sufficient cleansing, sufficient devotion, sufficient preparation. And then he prayed that simple prayer, God, here we are. It's, it's me and them. But God, I'm your prophet, and I've done everything I know. I've tried to do it right. But Lord, all these people need to know what the right faith is. You got these people, thousands, tens of thousands. They didn't say these words, but this is the truth. That are worshiping a false god called Baal. Baal, they also kind of worship Jehovah. So this was a religion where they could do whatever they wanted to. There was prostitutes, there was immorality, and yet they could still worship, worship Jehovah a little bit. Just do what you want to do. We got, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We'll sing and we'll dance and we'll jump and we'll shout. But there won't be any fire from heaven. The Lord, the prophet said, Lord, show these people. And the Bible said after he prayed, after he prayed. Do you know, do you know that on the day of Pentecost they had been praying? Now you don't have to, they had been praying they had been praying for seven to ten days. Now, you don't have to do that to get the Holy Ghost, but you talk about some preparation. And sometimes we want to push people to speak in tongues. Now, this is Lee Wilson. This is Brother Wilson. This is Brother Wilson. I'm not going to force somebody to speak in tongues. You know why? I know the Holy Ghost is real. I know the Holy Ghost comes natural. I know that when that person is really giving their heart, all of their heart, that they won't, that, that they won't be able to resist. Because the Bible says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. The scripture says, enter to his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. The Bible says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And so the more we worship, if our heart is pure, if we've given an acceptable offering, if we've given a broken heart, and we worship automatically, automaticamente, you begin to feel the Holy Ghost. Because God is a God, not, he's not a far off. He's a God. He's a springing well. He's a God that comes to you. He's a God that goes to the hurting. He's a God that when you worship, he comes to you. And the more you worship, the more you feel him. If you offer an acceptable sacrifice, just like every time in the Bible in the Old Testament, God said, I'm going to show you what's right. The tabernacle is the right way. I'm going to show you that even though the temple is different in its dimensions, this is still the right way. And I'll send fire from heaven to prove it. David, I'm going to show you where the temple should go. It's going to go right here. And, and Elijah and all the prophets, we're going, to, we're going to settle this once and for all. This is the true faith, and this is the prophet of God. Fire on the day of Pentecost. That's why there was fire. Well, I was going to say in Acts chapter 10, they prayed for a while. Some of them have been fasting for four days, and they got the Holy Ghost. They were just, the Bible said, while Peter yet spake these words. The Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. I like that. I like to be preaching. I like to be just, just preaching and somebody raises their hands and gets the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the way it ought to come. But they had been seeking after God. Hallelujah. Amen. Same thing happened in the book of Acts chapter 19. But, but I want to say as we stand together tonight, getting the Holy Ghost is really about one thing. Offering the right sacrifice. So Brother Wilson, I don't have a lot of money. That's okay. Brother Wilson, I don't know a lot about God. That's okay. Brother Wilson, I don't have this. I'm not, you know, upper class or whatever you want to say. Oh, that's okay. Because all God asks is you, your heart. Jesus Christ himself, God manifest in the flesh, prayed this prayer before he offered the greatest sacrifice in the history of the universe. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. And let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Humility and brokenness will grant you. You will feel the power of God. If you are willing to say, Lord, just have your way in my life. 
I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. So it's in this Bible. God, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to come out from the world. I'm willing to stop my sins. you got to help me. But I give to you my heart. I give to you my broken heart. There may be someone here that the world has already broken your heart. And you don't have to go very far. Jesus, the Bible said, he comes to heal the broken in heart and to bind up their wounds. And so while you're in that place, it could be that God, this is what happened in my life and many of our lives, I, I, I was broken. It could be that God has allowed you to come to that place so that you could be saved and you could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking you to come if God, if you don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm asking you to come if you need to renew the fire. I'm asking you to make some commitments to God. Is the fire burning in your life? Are you feeding it prayer? Are you giving it sacrifice? Are you taking care of the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life? How long has it been since you spoke in tongues? Some of you needed more plain. How long has it been since you had an absolute Holy Ghost experience? I want to invite you to come. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop you from getting the Holy Ghost. I cannot give it to you, but nobody can stop you from getting the Holy Ghost today. Let's help everyone that's praying. Those of you that got the victory. Maybe you want to help someone pray tonight. The fire comes from heaven when we give a sacrifice. The sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. The sacrifice of our worship the sacrifice of our praise, the Holy Ghost will come on you. Your tongue will begin to stammer. If you let the Lord and you just get lost in worship, you're going to begin to speak in other tongues. That's what happens automatically. The fire comes down from heaven. Oh, let's pray. Let's seek the Lord tonight. The Holy Ghost is here for you. God wants to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. the